brought you out here so you can kind of get a, a view of the river, how close it is to Mexico. What kind of narcotics volume are you seeing? Here in this sector, we account for 40% of all narcotic seizures between the ports of entry. And what about the human trafficking and the smugglers taking people across? Tell me about that. What kind of volume are you seeing there? Okay. So last year, we saw 90,000 uh, entries, 90,000 the entire year. This year, we're already close to 200,000. They're coming here in boats and they're what? They're, yeah. they're, Swimming? What? Are, how are they getting across? So right now, there's a high likely chance that there's a there's a smuggler in, in that brush just across us. Uh, this is a real popular spot. Um, they'll, they'll what they'll do is they'll pay a smuggler, and when I mean they, the smuggling organizations, the cartels, they'll pay these kids, usually they're juveniles, uh, to stay in the trees all day, and they're just scouting. That's what they call scouting. They're just viewing where their agents are at. I'm sure they're calling out that there's an agent further uh, downriver and that there was an agent here. Another common tactic is we're going to see right now large groups uh, of families and unaccompanied children. They'll cross some 50, 100 people at a time, 150 we've seen at one time. Okay. No tienen agua? Pues ven para acá. Acá tenemos agua. Vamos. How long have they been walking? One hour. They got turned around. That's the problem. Smuggler leaves them and says, just walk north. They don't know where north is, so they've been lost in this brush, and if I wouldn't have found them, it's about to get dark. Who knows how long they were going to stay out here. So they were with smugglers, and then the smug smuggler, the smuggler just took off? Yeah, he just dropped them off on the riverbank and said, just walk. Where are they from? ¿De dónde son, señoritas? Guatemala, Honduras. ¿Alguien de Honduras? ¿Nadie? Todas de Guatemala. All of them from Guatemala. So wait, you're going to New Jersey? New Jersey. You're going to New Hampshire? North Carolina. North Carolina? Indiana. And you're going to Indiana? How are they going to get there? ¿Y cómo pensaban llegar? No, Through the grace of God. ¿Cuánto pagaron para llegar a los Estados Unidos? ¿Y usted? How much? Trailer. Sí. Sí. They nobody No help. And that's just came here from Guatemala. So Supervisor Alvarez, there was a plan at one point to connect the, the walls. Right. With the uh, the new border wall construction, there was funding. to The plan was to build a wall and eventually connect all of this section. This is old legacy wall that was built in 2008. Um, and the plan was eventually to, you know, with through funding to connect the entire RGB sector and then along the entire southwest border. Welcome back. Little Joe's conservative corner. As you can see, the border crisis continues. The mainstream media definitely doesn't want to talk about it. They want to keep you occupied on other things. Unfortunately, the border is a real problem, and it doesn't look like it's going to get fixed anytime soon. Fox News reported uh, smugglers' revenues from migrants traveling from El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras range from around $200 million to $2.3 billion. So if those numbers hold true, you can see why all these coyotes and the drug cartels and everybody are smuggling everybody in. It's big business for them. Uh, this weekend, if you were following the news off the coast of San Diego, it looked like a boat carrying around 30 people or so uh, capsized. The captain is currently under arrest. Looked like they were trying to smuggle everybody in. I believe at the current time, the death rate is up to four. But they're going to come in, whether it's through the southern border or through the water. On Monday, there was a breaking report that off the coast of Florida, uh, they stopped a boat that had around 26 migrants in it. They did not say what their country of origin was, 
But again, they stopped them there. Why are all these people flooding the border? Well, little Dementia Joe told them, come on down. Open invitation. We're going to accept you with open arms. We're going to use our taxpayer dollars to take care of you. And don't worry about anything else. There really has to come a point where this stops. Texas is trying to secure their border, and their AG is going to actually go after the administration for their open border policy because it's harmful to the Texans, the people there. You have illegals flooding through the border. They're getting released out into society. It's a hot mess. Well, the AG is not going to take it sitting down. He plans to sue the Biden administration. Here's a quick clip on that. New details, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton is suing the Biden administration to allow deportations to resume. Beginning today, the Department of Homeland Security will have a 100-day pause on deportations for thousands of non-citizens. President Biden's goal is to review and reset enforcement policies and ensure that resources are dedicated to the most pressing challenges. Paxton claims the move violates the Constitution. And failure to properly enforce the law will directly and immediately endanger Texans. Not that Biden cares much about going against the Constitution. That seems to be a common theme for his administration right now. He feels that he can rule us like a dictator through executive order. He doesn't have to actually pass anything through Congress. Even though he claimed that he was a president to all instead of one side. If he was a president to all, he would seek bipartisanship on all these decisions instead of doing what he's been doing. So I'm happy that the Texas AG is going after him. Other states along the border should join in because like you heard in the opening video, their plans are to go all over the country. This isn't like everybody going into Texas and Arizona and California are staying there. They said New Hampshire, North Carolina, Indiana. These immigrants have family or friends that are already spread out throughout the United States. So this becomes an entire country issue, not just a state by state issue. Hopefully at some point it'll get resolved. Although under the Biden administration, I seriously doubt it. So, you know, last week Biden had his state of the union address and Tim Scott did the rebuttal for the GOP. Um, Since then, he has really been under attack by the left. The left that is supposedly not racist have been attacking him consistently. The Blaze ended up reporting that MSNBC host Tiffany Cross blasted Tim Scott for declaring that America is not a racist country. And in her opening monologue, she suggested Harriet Tubman, the woman who helped rescue slaves on the Underground Railroad, would have left Scott behind. I have a video clip of that. I'd like you to hear that as well because it's just so dumb. Can anyone name a political, social, or economic institution in America where widespread disparities and discrimination does not exist? Don't worry. I'll wait. Such a great question from my friend, The Roots, Michael Harriet, And I actually have an answer. The hollow institution that resides inside Republican Senator Tim Scott's head. No racism there, and apparently no sense either. This week, the sole black Republican in the Senate sounded a stone fool when he said this. Hear me clearly. America is not a racist country. Okay. 
Okay, let's be clear. Tim Scott does not represent any constituency other than the small number of sleepy, slow-witted sufferers of Stockholm Syndrome who get elevated to prominence for repeating a false narrative about this country that makes conservative white people feel comfortable. Because when you speak an uncomfortable truth, like Nicole Hannah-Jones, the party that Scott's claims is not racist gets big mad and tries to silence you. Just this week, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell asked Education Secretary Miguel Cardona to scrap teaching the 1619 Project in schools because it would reorient the view of American history. Lucky for McConnell, he has his own tap dancer to try and reorient the view of America for him. There were so many contradictions in the senator's speech that it was clear not even Scott believed the words he was speaking. I could go into great detail refuting each of his asinine points, but he did that for me. And moreover, a lesson I've learned, don't argue with people Harriet Tubman would have left behind. (laughs) It's just so dumb. That lady is so arrogant. It's unbelievable. She's sitting there saying that he's tap dancing for the white man and Harriet Tubman would have left him behind. The biggest problem I have with her statement there is if that was said by anybody white or if it was said by anybody on the right, because obviously if you're on the left, you can get away with that stuff. But on the right, if you say anything like that, if you're white and you say anything like that, oh, good luck because the mob is coming after you. It's going to be over. That was one of the most ignorant opening monologues I've ever heard. The fact that she's attacking somebody for his political beliefs. He has his opinions and sees America from one point of view and she has the other. Okay, He's a strong man that believes institutionally we are not racist and he's willing to lead on that point. Whereas she probably has the opinion that American is racist and plays the victim role all the time. It's just two different personalities. I personally would rather lead than be a victim, but that's just me. Ultimately, her statement just highlights the hypocrisy and double standard that we live in in America today, where one side could say anything that they want with no repercussion, and the other side, if they said the same exact thing, would be crucified for it. Really, I didn't even take that video clip seriously. I laughed when I first saw it. I thought that was just ridiculous on on so many levels. Sitting there and she's talking about him tap dancing and everything. I was like, my God, could it get any worse? God forbid anybody I know said something like that. We'd be in big trouble. So I thought it'd be fun for you guys to listen to. Also, my favorite idiot, AOC, made the news again. Shocker there. Now, this is not what I'm going to go over, but I did see Wayne Dupree did uh, post an article that says AOC is in fear of losing her seat in particular since they did the census. Florida and Texas are gaining seats while New York and California are losing. And word on the street is she is in fear of losing her seat in particular in New York. Now, that's not what I'm going over today, but... It was kind of funny to see that, so her voice may be silenced shortly. Um, From humanevents.com, progressive squad pushes to defund the police while spending thousands on private security. So AOC and her band of misfits, who consistently call for the dismantle of the police department, spend quite a bit more money than you would think on private security. They have a really good breakdown in this article. I'm going to go over it with you. The article's a little bit dated. It's only a couple weeks old. It's from April 20th. 
But here we go. According to Federal Election Commission's records, New York Representative AOC, Minnesota Representative Ilhan Omar, Massachusetts Rep Ayanna Presley, and Missouri Rep Cory Bush each spent thousands of dollars on their own private security. In January of 2020, AOC criticized New York City's proposed $1 billion cut from the police department budget, claiming it wasn't enough. She said defunding the police means defunding the police. It does not mean budget tricks or funny math. It does not mean moving school police officers from NYPD budget to the Department of Education budget so the exact same police remain in schools. Let's look directly at her numbers. In January, February, and March of 2021, AOC spent $3,000 per month on a security consultant. That's a whopping $9,000 for just three months, but that's not all. As reported by the Daily Caller, on January 19, 2021, she spent $3,986.60. January 25, 2021, $24,000, $279.13. February, she spent $849.22. And on February 25th, she spent $1,552.50 for security and investigation or security detail. <laughs> Quite a bit of money for somebody that doesn't want police officers. Omar, who was heavily advocated to defund the police, spent $3,103.61 on her own security in Minnesota, according to her April quarterly 2021 financial report. On January 20th, she spent 66 bucks. No big deal there. January 29th, $202.70. February 19th, $66.97. February 26th, she spent $2,700. March 16th, $66.97. Honestly, who's only paying $66.97? What are you hiring your husband to walk around with you? Because I I don't know any security officer that's going to come there for $66. So that's suspect in itself. Presley spent... $4,186.75 according to her quarterly 2021 financial report. She spent $1,292 on January 26th, $1,267.57 on January 27th, $675 with ADT security on March 4th, $252 on March 9th, and $700 on March 19th. Lastly, Cori Bush, a freshman Democrat, spent over $30,000 on private security services. On January 18th, $1,060. January 21st, $5,000. January 25th, $530. February 17th, $7,743.75. February 25th, $5,000. February 26th, $5,812. March 15th, there were two charges, one for $5,000, one for $2,456.25. The hypocrisy is unmatched. So these people are consistently calling to defund the police, which for them would have no impact, but for us would have great impact because it would be the Wild West. It'd be lawless if we didn't have law and order and cops keeping everything under control. They can actually afford to hire people to be around them, and the numbers vary. Uh, AOC and Bush seem like they spent the most. The other two are somewhere in between. But the point is, ultimately... They're willing to risk our safety, our protection, our lives, but not their own. Whenever they have an issue, they make sure there's bodies around them so they can't be injured. So keep in mind that the same people that call to defund the police don't actually believe in that philosophy because if they did, they would not be hiring security to be around them because everything is all good, right? 
because we all live. It's raindrops and lollipops. Nobody ever does nothing bad to nobody. Can you imagine what the United States would be like with no police? It would no longer be the United States. It would cease to exist. So if they call for no police, they better not have no security around them. You better not have no police at the Capitol, no police locally, ADT, everything. It all needs to go away, right? Because they're all bad. Let's see how that works out. That should show you the mentality of those four people. That shows you how ignorant they are. What they're not telling you is they want to defund your local police, but believe me, they would be completely okay with putting a federal police force in place because a federal police force is what you need to implement what they crave for the most, communism, socialism, same thing. What's the difference? You have to have a police force that bends to the will of the federal government. They'll make sure that they enforce whatever policies the federal government puts into place. So ultimately, we end up becoming Nazi Germany, which is what they want. Man, they must have been indoctrinated bad in school, or they're just a gang of idiots. I mean, it can go, I mean, let's be honest, it can go either way. You're either just completely stupid or you were indoctrinated extremely well in the areas that you live in to believe that these ideas would actually be beneficial to the country. You know, they should do something together. You know, not Congress. They definitely get out of Congress. But they should join a circus or open a restaurant or something that's real simple-minded that they don't have to put too much thought into that they can't screw up that badly. That would probably be ideal for them. I'm just saying. And then last but not least, coronavirus. The CDC, if you actually believe them, came out with new guidelines saying that outdoor events are okay to participate in as long as you've been fully vaccinated and they're in small groups, you're okay. We give you our permission to not wear a mask. But if you go to big events, you got to wear a mask. Uh, Joe Biden said that even though the CDC says he doesn't have to wear a mask, He's going to do the patriotic thing and continue to wear the mask outside. So I don't know if that's patriotic or idiotic, but I would just like to point out once again, the hypocrisy, because these are the same people, especially Joe Biden, that says to follow the science, listen to the CDC, follow the science. But yet now he's denying the science himself. If the science says he shouldn't have it, he's already been vaccinated. Then why bother wearing it? Because it's a control method and they don't want to give it up. They're doing everything they can not to give it up. And they're trying to poke at your emotions and make you feel bad about it or good about it, however you want, by going out of his way to say it's his patriotic duty. Okay, It's duty, all right. I just don't know about patriotic. I also like how Joe continually beats his chest that it's because of his administration that these vaccines are, we're at what, one third of the country is now fully vaccinated and he's trying to take credit for it. Like he did anything. Ted Cruz was on Fox News. He did a good segment about Biden taking credit from his predecessor. I wanted you guys to hear that as well. I thought at the Joe Biden's address to the joint session of Congress, I thought it was remarkably ungracious and, and frankly dishonest. When, when Biden took credit uh, for 200 million vaccines that had been administered without acknowledging how those vaccines were developed. You know, starting early last year, our nation and the world took a hard hit. This pandemic came and slammed America, and the economy took a massive hit. 
because of government-mandated shutdowns and because people were forced to close their businesses, close their schools, forced to stay home, and it cost tens of millions of Americans their jobs. Now, much of that was done to try to slow the spread of the pandemic, but the economic impact was real. Trump did two things. Number one, led Operation Warp Speed, which developed these vaccines in record times. You remember during the debates uh, when President Trump said we would have a vaccine ready to administer to hundreds of millions of people by the end of the year, Joe Biden laughed at him. The media laughed at him. They dismissed that as crazy talk. He was exactly right. Stuart, remember Pfizer? Pfizer announced their vaccine the week after the presidential election, which was as naked a political move as we have seen. And so Joe Biden came in with a vaccine that had been developed and with the economy opening up, we were coming out of the lockdowns. No thanks to Gavin Newsom, no, no thanks to Andrew Cuomo, but coming out of the lockdowns. And so the economy is moving back. And, and Biden is taking credit for, for victories that were won by his predecessor. Plagiarism. Joe Biden knows it well. He's been doing it his whole career, all 50 years of it. 50. Oh, my God. 50 years. People been looking at that ugly mug. You got to wonder. Anyways. Hope you like what you're hearing. If you do, tell some people about me. If you'd like to follow me, my preferred social media is Parlor at Joe Little. I also post on all other social media sites, my podcast. Uh, otherwise, hope you have a great Tuesday. God bless. See you Friday.